companies you may be familiar with you see them pop up on your feeds that can transform your garage the flooring that epoxy flooring you've seen it it's beautiful Uh, but let me tell you the difference between garage experts and so many of those other companies garage experts this is what they do this is their job they do flooring they do the prep work they have the equipment to do that I mean, they they have these, it's pretty impressive. I watched them do mine, of course. These This machinery that grinds it down while sucking out all the dust at the same time. And so it, the, the prep process is so important. They do this every single day. What oftentimes you see from other companies promoting it is it's one of many, many, many different services they provide. And the fact of the matter is, anything that you do every single day, you are going to be better at it than if you do it just once a month or so. I think most people recognize that that's the case. I mean, you just, it, practice makes perfect, right? And so when you're making a decision that is going to have a tremendous impact on your home, the value, the look of your home, You want to make sure that you have, look at it this way. If you're going to go in for open heart surgery, are you going to want someone who that's what they do? Yeah, I am an open heart surgeon. That is my specialty. Or someone that's like, oh, I do all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I've done a few of those. Yeah, I do one every once in a while. Uh, uh, But you know what else I do? I do boob jobs and I do... Um, you know, vasectomies, and I do. I, I can do anything that you want. I mean, you name it, I'll do it. Which, which way are you going to go? Garage experts. You can find them under Nick's endorsements at ksgf.com. Uh, Univision is getting some backlash from the left because they had an interview. It was like an hour-long interview with Donald Trump. And they did not use it to completely trash and bash him. They instead asked him questions and let him talk. Well, that's not what is supposed to happen. Univision, the largest provider of Spanish language content in the United States, facing backlash over a seemingly positive shift towards former President Trump following its recent interview with him from his Mar-a-Lago residence, airing one day after the third Republican presidential debate, which Trump was absent from. Mexican-American journalist Enrique Acevedo conducted a one-on-one interview that spanned over an hour. The former president's interview on November 9th has been widely regarded as non-confrontational. Don't you understand what your job is as a member of the media? to make sure this guy doesn't get elected president. Backlash in the Latino community against Univision sparked 
Following the softball interview, members across industries condemning the network, The View co-host Ana Navarro called the interview ridiculous and embarrassing in a video statement posted on X. That's the mindset of journalism today. If you simply as an interviewer sit down, ask questions, and allow the interviewee to give answers to them, that's embarrassing. You are not supposed to be an objective journalist. You are supposed to lead people to the proper conclusion. And that is Joe Biden is wonderful. You cannot question him. And Donald Trump is evil Hitler. And any question that humanizes him or doesn't effectively convey how evil and horrible Donald Trump is, you have failed at your job because that is your job as a journalist. It was an interview with no pushback, she complained. Oh, well, my goodness gracious. You remember when the media used to pretend it did not inject its personal politics into the news? Remember when the media tried to portray itself as not interfering in an election by tipping the scales, treating one candidate, their candidate, with kid gloves while treating the opposition candidate as Hitler. There really was a day when they did try to at least present themselves in that manner. And if they ever did anything that tipped their hand, they would they would really try and and make sure people understood that wasn't who they were. They had journalistic standards, and people oftentimes would be disciplined. We saw with Dan Rather, the face of CBS, being booted. Because through his actions on a news story, it appeared to the American people that he was essentially working on behalf of the Democrats and simply out to harm George W. Bush. And because they did not want people to perceive the network as actively involved in trying to push along one candidate over the other, they got rid of the guy. That actually is how the media used to be. (laughs) But now they will openly ridicule colleagues if they cover Trump or interview Trump and are not overtly aggressive. Springfield's Talk 1041, the American Transmissions Talk a text line 447-KSGF. We are on Facebook Live. You just get there in the Facebook world and search 1041 Nick Reed. You can find us and watch the show. You can watch past shows as well. As soon as a live show is over, it becomes archived, so you can go back. If you miss any shows, want to watch any shows, you can do so there. And that feed, again, sponsored by Springfield Wraps. Latest news update. Good morning, everyone. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. A Texas County man will be sentenced today for a deadly stabbing. Adam Reeves pleaded guilty to second-degree murder. In 2021, police were called out to a home where they found Billy Hayes Jr. with several stab wounds. Reeves tried to run, but he was caught and arrested. We'll continue to update you what happens this morning in court. A couple from Greenfield will not serve any prison time after their baby was accidentally shot and killed by a sibling. Court documents say the infant girl was killed 
when her three-year-old brother found a loaded gun in a bedroom drawer. The child's mother, Chelsea Martin, was home when the shooting happened. The father, Stormy Baker, was not, but admitted to leaving loaded guns in the bedroom. They both got five years of probation after pleading guilty to child endangerment. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. The first alert forecast from St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements. From Color 10, Fox 49, meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Slight chance of afternoon rain. Pretty dreary out there. A high today of 47. Slight chance of rain tonight down to 27. The sunshine, however, shall arrive tomorrow with an eventual high of 49. There's been a lot of talk about shoplifting in California, and much of this is springboarding off of the Sacramento County Sheriff, Jim Cooper, Democrat. And he's coming out and he's, he's just blasting these Democrat policies and how they have, of course, led to the diminished quality of life for people who live in these Democrat-run areas. And it is compounded by woke companies like Target. And he talks specifically about, here you have a company like Target, and they have these massive crime problems, shoplifting issues, shoplifting problems. And so they call his department to help, but then they put all these restrictions on the ability of law enforcement to help them so that nobody knows that there's a crime problem. Yeah, They want to sweep it under the rug. He was saying, you can't make this stuff up. Like, well, if you're going to arrest someone, don't do it. Take them around back. Even if it's, you know, pouring rain outside, do it secretly, quietly. We don't, we want everything to look good. And this, of course, is typical Democrat policy. You have to create a mirage. I think this is just such a perfect illustration of, of all of their policies you know, here on one hand, the, the recognition, the calling of law enforcement, we have a real problem here, we need your help, but we want to pretend as if we don't have a problem. We don't want people to see that there's a problem. We don't want people to see that there's a problem that we recognize exists, and that's why we have you here. So if you can, just, you know, we really, really want you to help us, but can you do it without people knowing you're helping us? There is mixed reaction to the sheriff and his claim that the voters were duped into supporting this. And I think that there is mixed reaction because oftentimes Democrats, as Cooper is, when things don't go their way, that's their go-to. When things go their way, oh, the people were informed and they made a wise decision. And if it doesn't go their way, then people were not informed. Well, here's the fact of the matter. Sometimes people aren't. Sometimes people aren't. But the, the, this was Prop 47. And this is where people, they, they voted on Prop 47. And in Prop 47 was, as many of you are familiar now, with the fact that it eliminated the the punitive component to stealing merchandise that is under 900 and whatever dollars it was like just under a thousand dollars like 995 dollars his point however is that the legislation 
wasn't called um you know the the reduction in punitive damage act it wasn't called something that in any way shape or form relayed that that was what was going to be going on In fact, it was was the exact title. It, it was something along the lines of Safe Streets and Schools Act. So the, the title was completely and totally misleading. And so his point here is that you had many people, and we've become very accustomed to this, a headline of legislation that is not accurate, or in this case a proposal, And, in fact, oftentimes is the opposite of what it's actually going to do. And people like, oh, well, I want safe schools and I want safe streets. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know what? Yes, I think I'm going to vote for this. And then what gets Trojan horsed in with it is the elimination of punitive components of shoplifting up to $995. It was called the Safe Streets and Schools Act. Now, here in Missouri, we have this Constitution thing that says when it comes to propositions and legislation, you can only have one subject matter. So, in other words, you cannot have something that, on one hand, uh, is legislatively going to implement safer school policies, but then slide in something like this. We ignore that in Missouri. Republicans, anytime something like that does come up, they say, well, it's for the judges to decide, to tell us that we were wrong. I don't know if California has any laws preventing this sort of thing from occurring. That aside, however, it is time for Americans, and I know many of you are already here in this category, to stop believing the title of legislation is in any way, shape, or form indicative of what the legislation is going to do. It's a bait and switch is what it is. This is the behavior that if the private sector carried this behavior out, they would be punished for it because it would be called bait and switch. You tell people to, to come in because, oh, we've got this, but once they get there, you're like, actually, we don't, but we have this. You tell people if you vote for this legislation, it's going to be all about making the streets safer and making the schools safer. When in fact, oh, actually, once you're here, guess what we actually did? The Inflation Reduction Act is another absurd example of this. Everything about that legislation was going to increase inflation, which, of course, it did. Well, let's just call it the Inflation Reduction Act. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that sounds good. And you had lawmakers that used it as cover. Now, that wasn't something the American people voted on, but what it did was it allowed Democrats to vote for massive inflation-inducing spending, but going back to their home states and saying, oh, no, it was inflation reduction. See, don't, don't worry. You may not notice it right away, but we're actually working to reduce inflation. These people are liars. 
Anytime you hear that the headline that describes something as wonderful, like, oh, it's the uh, everybody gets a free bunny act. You've got to recognize odds are it's not about a free bunny, maybe one packed with poison or explosives. The cute furry bunny part is the Trojan horse. You know, the that legislation, on a side note here, we've, we've, I think, oversimplified how it has led to an increase in crime, and that is with the shoplifting charges regarding theft of $950 or less were lowered from felonies to misdemeanors. And so we think that the reason that we have seen out in California or uh, other areas of the country where you have these flash mobs of people come in and just grab stuff like crazy, it's because they think to themselves, oh, well, $950 or less, I don't need to worry about really being punished. And while that is true to some capacity, it's even worse than that. Here's the thing that they know, and this is part of the reason that they go in in droves. And you see the footage of dozens of individuals go in and they grab as much stuff as possible. And usually they're masked. But even if they aren't, and let's say somehow, let's say somebody tells on them. Somebody calls the police, and they say, uh, yeah, my ex-boyfriend, he was part of that mob that stormed uh, Macy's and stole a bunch of stuff, and uh, the proof is he's got some of it here at the house. So they come and they go to the house, right? Oh, look, we found a bunch of merchandise. Well, look, it's $3,000 worth. Now, how do you prove that all of that merchandise was the merchandise that that individual stole. In other words, you can't ever really prove in a scenario like that that while you can maybe prove, yes, they stole something, you know they stole something because you saw on the footage they grabbed a bunch of stuff and they were running out with 28 other people. But there's no way to know the value of what they have. In all the chaos and they're just grabbing random stuff, I, I, in, uh, barring carrying out one television set that has a price tag on it that says $2,000, that law makes it virtually impossible to punish any of those individuals in, in a felonious manner because there's no way to prove that what they took, that, oh, that's the guy who took this much exactly, and it's over $950. This is why they do it in large groupings. It would be different if you had one suspect come in on camera, grab a bunch of stuff that one suspect left on their own, and then subsequently they're found with merchandise over that ticket amount. But when you have a whole slew of people, like, hey, I didn't take all, yeah, I took this, I took these pants over here and this pair of shoes over here, but this other stuff, uh, my buddy Philip, he asked me to hold it for him. Or, I don't know, it was laying on the ground outside, somebody dropped it, so I just picked it up and grabbed it, but I didn't actually steal that. How are you going to prove in court that they're lying? That's the reason that shoplifting has not only increased because of this sort of legislation, but why we've seen it turn into these massive, chaotic mobs of individuals grabbing up as much as they can in one setting. Springfield's Talk 1041, I'm Nick Reed. 
Sarah Myers, everyone. Thank you. I want to read a review for my friends over at the Pyramid Roofing Company. Corey wrote, we absolutely loved working with Pyramid Roofing Company. My business is my pride and joy, and I will only work with quality contractors, and I'm so glad I found a spot with the Pyramid Roofing Company, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, whenever I called Pyramid, uh, I guess it was about two years ago now, I was really nervous. I'd never called a roofing company before. I never had to deal with that before, and uh, they made the process just incredibly simple, and I knew that we were kind of that worst-case scenario, and they walked us through the, pro- the whole process from uh, getting new decking to picking out the right shingles for our house, and and making sure that it looked good as well. And I have that peace of mind every single time we have rain or wind or hail. I know that uh, the Pyramid Roofing Company, they have got me covered. Now, right now is a great time to do those uh, free fall roof inspections, especially as we move into that colder weather. So if you have a little uh, kind of fear as we move into that colder weather thinking, I don't know if my roof's going to make it or uh, I just want to make sure that it's going to be okay, uh, give Josh and his team a call today. They'll love to come out. They'll do that free roof inspection for you and they'll walk through the process with you. Now you can find all of the contact information for Josh and his team under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at ksgf.com. Yesterday being Biden's 81st birthday, uh, they posted a picture of him on social media uh, sitting down with his cake and apparently they have 81 candles on the cake. Uh, and uh, he they, they posted it. This has been this photo reused by others to make points about not so well his age, but a number of other factors as well. But one of the things about it, and you know whenever oftentimes you take a picture and candles are real close to one another, it can have an exaggerated look. But I will tell you, and we'll get the post if you haven't seen it up, it looks as if it's just a giant ball of fire on top of the cake. Was it? It's hilarious. An ice cream cake. That's a good question, yeah. <laughs> That's a very good question. And so some of the postings are funny, um, and some are pretty standard. I mean, one post saying, with the picture, Joe Biden sold his birthday cake as a fire hazard. Another saying, my guy is literally safely sitting down in a chair and is still gripping the table corners like he's about to fall over, break a hip, and die. But I think my favorite is simply, it's him, and then this cake with this massive fireball of candles on it. And it notes, President Biden is celebrating his 81st birthday. The cake is America right now. Just, you know, <laughs> totally and completely on fire. That is so perfect. I also, I, and this is just me. I, and yesterday I talked about, are they going to lean into his age or not? Because you got a choice to make here. Do we just try and ignore the age, ignore the birthday, pretend that it's not happening so as to not draw attention to how old he is? Or do we lean into it indicating that we don't believe it's a problem? So, you know, I just talk about, oh, as if it's just like he's 34 years old. And apparently they chose the latter of the two. But I I, I would, if, if you are wanting to downplay his age, I don't know that I would post a photo of a cake in which it looks like a flamethrower was necessary in order to light the candles of which it looks as if at any moment it could literally burn down the White House. But they've gone the direction they're going. Traffic update, I'm Nick Reed. First alert forecast from Color 10, Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Slight chance of rain through the afternoon, a high today of 47. Chance again tonight down to 27, tomorrow sunny 49. Well, yesterday I 
a question aloud whether or not the White House was going to try and utilize the cost of a Thanksgiving meal this year versus last as some sort of misleading bragging point about the economy. And noting, much like Biden's age, they had a choice to make. Do they... Because at this point, people are accustomed to them trying to they're they're cherry picking things and using it to try and convince you, despite how badly you're doing, that you're actually doing well. And it is continuing to backfire on them. Uh, Would they recognize that and stay away from it or would they just do more of the same and try to gaslight you, to use a term that has been completely overused, but this is the world that we live in today. This is the gaslighting administration and they have gone with the gaslighting. I want the the reason that this was even coming up is because of the um, estimate that was done, and it was released by American Farm Bureau. They do this. They, oh, here's what it cost on average for uh, a family to have Thanksgiving, and of course, it just spiked in the Biden administration, and it has come down a little bit this year from last. And so they have decided, yes, we're going to try to utilize that in order to claim that we are making a fantastic economy. Bidenomics is working. But in fact, it is still much. It's we all know this game. This is stealing $100 from somebody, giving them 10 of it back and claiming that you're generously giving them money. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre. Um, said about Thanksgiving prices, according to White House transcript, just in time for the holiday travel, gas prices are down $1.70 from their peak, but they're still much higher than when than Trump was president. Airline tickets down 13 car rentals are down about 10% as we prepare our Thanksgiving meals. Grocery inflation is at its lowest level in over two years, with the price of eggs, milk, bacon, and fresh veggies lower than last year. Now, I know most of you recognize and understand this, but what they're trying to do is utilize the fact that the rate of growth or the, the increase in cost slowing down a bit They're trying to confuse some people into believing that means that prices are getting cheaper for things, when that's not the case. I mean, we all see that. We can look around and look. And and if they have come down in a certain area, when you have this mountainous peak and then a tiny little drop-off, that is not something that is meaningful to the average American family. And so the inflation, which is the increase in cost, yes, that punishing component has become less punishing. So it would be, say, somebody decides that they are going to just randomly clock you once an hour. They're going to sneak up and just give you a kidney punch or you know, rabbit punch to the kidneys, or they're going to assault you in some manner every hour on the hour. And then they decide, we're only going to do it once every other hour at that point. You're still getting beat up pretty badly. But they're trying to take credit for somehow being a humanitarian and telling you things are much better for you. That's what this administration is doing. And I believe that most Americans, again, this is making it worse for the Democrats than better. Because it's one thing if... 
it's bad. People know it's bad. And the people in charge say, hey, we get it. We know that things aren't working. We're going to figure this out. As opposed to people knowing it's bad, but being told by the people in charge, no, it's actually very wonderful. You just don't realize it. It is the worst approach they could possibly take. Have you ever called customer service because of a problem? You can have two different customer service experiences. On one hand, you can have the person on the other end say, no, that you're right. That is not right. We are going to make this good. We definitely apologize. Um, this is well below our standards. Trust us. We will fix this. Right? That's one experience. The other experience is you being told, um, I don't know what you're complaining about. Because that is, you have received some of the best service that we provide. And this is the level of service that you will continue to get from us. Because this is what we recognize as a success. Now, which of those two does the person who has the problem walk away with happy versus angry, frustrated, and upset? And what the customer service department and the White House has been telling us is that we don't know what we're talking about and that we actually have it better than we've ever had it. Springfield's Talk 104.1. I'm Nick Reed. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty, all of your home buying needs, home selling needs. Uh, a lot of people at the end of the year comes and they think to themselves, well, we're ready, we're, we're going to sell our home, uh, but let's wait till after the first of the year. The holidays are done. People aren't thinking about buying homes right now. The right time to do it is after the first of the year. Is that the right move for you? Here's the answer. I don't know. Emily Johnson House Theory Realty does. And it probably is not a one-size-fits-all answer. There are probably certain circumstances or instances where, based off of why it is that you're looking to sell your home, it might be better to wait for a few months. Or you might be better off doing it yesterday. You're not going to find anyone better at taking care of you, more informed and more passionate about helping you sell your home than you will with Emily Johnson House Theory Realty. A male swimmer at Ramapo College of New Jersey broke a women's school record over the weekend after competing for the men's team for three years and not doing so well, so decided to identify as a female. And, of course, in the world of the left-wing woke, women take a back seat, and that's just what happened here once again. The male, who calls himself Megan Cortez Fields, won first place and broke a school record in the 100-yard butterfly with a time of 57.22 at the Cougar Splash Invitational, a two-day meet between six schools in Dallas, Pennsylvania. He also came in first place in the 200-yard individual medley and earned second place in the 200-yard butterfly. The Ramapo swim team congratulated him on Instagram for breaking the school record but deleted the post after former NCAA swimmer Riley Gaines drew attention to the meet results on Twitter. Gaines, an ambassador for the Independent Women's Forum, 
told Fox News those who chose to remain blind to the injustice of allowing mediocre male athletes to become record-breaking female athletes are either incompetent or misogynist. There is no in-between anymore. Women are being asked to smile and step aside and allow these men onto our teams, all the while stripping of us of opportunities, privacy, and safety. The incident at Ramapos College shouldn't be a shock to anyone considering we've seen virtually the same story time and time again with no people in leadership positions willing to take a stand for women. And what's sad is that the Riley Gaines, the true leader of of young girls and women today are trashed by the left in this country. They are called horrific names. They are accused of being responsible for transgender people killing themselves, all because she believes women should be treated equal. That we should not go back to an era before many of us were even born, where, as she notes accurately, women are told to keep their mouths shut and smile. The men will tell you what you can and cannot be upset about. Meanwhile, a female boxer withdrew from a match after she was informed that her opponent was a man who decided to identify as a female for the 2023 Provincial Golden Glove Championship. Dr. Keisha Bissonette was supposed to go up against male fighter who goes by the name of Maya Walmsley. Since Bissonette withdrew from the fight, Walmsley was declared the winner by default due to a lack of replacement competitor in the weight class. Per the Daily Mail, the crux of the controversy lies in Bissonette's safety concern, fueled by a University of Utah study suggesting that men can punch 163% harder than women. But there's no evidence that men have any sort of competitive advantage in these sports over women. This is what we're told by the science-embracing left. Bissonette, the female boxer, noted that women should not have to bear the physical and psychological risks brought by a man's decision regarding his personal life and identify or identity. There should be two categories, biological, male, and female. Now, the, the point she makes here is a good one that oftentimes does get overmissed, but it or overlooked, but not always. And that is the recognition, the acknowledgement that in this transgender world, it's always the females who lose out and take the risk. It's always the female who ends up with a broken jaw. It's always the female who ends up with a, a crushed eye socket. It's always the female who loses out on a championship. It's always the female who doesn't get the gold medal. It's always a female who loses the scholarship. It's always the female who's called homophobic. It's always the female that has to uncomfortably dress and shower in front of men. It's always the female who's told that they should seek counseling if they're uncomfortable showering or competing against men. It's always the female that gets cut from an Olympic team or some sort of advancement. 
Why is it always the female that must sacrifice? They have to sacrifice their safety. They have to sacrifice their successes. Have we ever heard of women identifying as men taking away a record from a man in an athletic competition? It's always the female that is the victim in that scenario. I think that this is something that people who are supportive of women being forced into these positions, and this would be the Democrat Party, should have to answer for. Why is it they think that women are the ones that are always on the receiving end of this stuff? That are always getting the raw deal. Now, you and I know because... Well, you don't even have to be an educated person to understand it. You just have to be a thinking person, minimally at that. And you have to also see women and respect women as women, as opposed to dismissing them as a mere choice that anyone can make. While denying them scholarships, safety, records, Placements on teams and medals. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. Yeah, there are all these questions about mental health in young people, and we see the studies increase mental health and, you know, what's going on, what's happening. If you want to get a, a sampling of what the problem is in this country, listen to and, and why it is that kids are so screwed up. Kids that, and it's disproportionately without question, kids that are not raised with any sort of structure based in reality. That isn't to say that being raised in a structured environment that recognizes reality automatically means that a child is not going to have issues. But if you are void of reality, void of any sort of structure emotionally and intellectually, then odds are you're going to be screwed up. And this story illustrates that. AP, teachers and students grapple with fears and confusion about new laws restricting pronoun use. Indianapolis high school senior Caston Peters has used they and them or he and him pronouns at school for three years without a problem. But they came home a few days ago uh, or a few days into the school year and told their mother that the situation has changed. Peters, 18 and non-binary, heard from a teacher that a new state law meant they would not be able to use those pronouns or the first name that they have used for years without explicit permission from a parent because the pronouns and names don't correspond with the sex, quote, assigned at birth. This was news to Caston's mother, Kim Michaels Peters, who immediately sent teachers and counselors and the principal an email asking them to comply with Caston's wishes, and the school staff did. But even though her child's wishes are being respected, uh, McAllis Peters said that she has deep concerns about what Indiana's law could mean for students whose parents might not be understanding if they learn from school officials that their child is transgender or non-binary. Quote, it makes me feel like there's going to be a child out there who's not going to feel safe at home to tell their parents. And the school's going to rat them out for wanting to be called a different name or different pronoun. Is it any wonder that so many of these kids are so screwed up?
I, I mean, every living creature that is a mammal learns from its parent. Animals are this way as well. And the parent teaches the child. Here's the way things work. Here's how you catch a fish. Here's how you make a home. Here's how you make a bird's nest. Here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. Because they recognize this is a living entity that does not know how life works. And if I don't teach this, this, this child of mine, be it a bird or a ferret or a dog or whatever, then they aren't going to know to be able to survive. So that's why this stuff gets passed down generation to generation to generation. Some of these parents in our school districts are displaying a stupidity that even animals recognize and understand is stupid. And that is instead of doing the human responsibility of teaching your kids about the realities of life so that they can survive on their own, they render, they render them these completely confused and emotionally catastrophically distraught individuals that don't know what is up, what is down, left, right, give themselves different names, call themselves grammatically incorrect. This person, they had all sorts of, well, I'm a he and a him, and I'm a they and a them, and I'm all of these different things and then render them so defenseless because they are anchored in nothing whatsoever other than the desire to get approval and praise from other people, that they are emotionally distraught because they may get referred to as their actual scientific gender. I don't think there are any living creatures on earth that have been as successful at completely destroying their children as we see within the human race today. Now, of course, you probably don't do it. Most of the people listening to this program don't do that, but we see it around us. Does anybody notice there's also a real consistency with how these kids emotionally are? You would think that at some point, somebody within the community that encouraged this, this sort of complete disconnect from reality that is implemented in the kids, that there happens to be an extremely high rate of screwed upness within them. Isn't it amazing how that, that these kids are seemingly always emotionally distraught and lost and depressed and unhealthy and at times suicidal. I wonder why that is. If only we could find some sort of consistent issue with these individuals. It, it is remarkable how completely and utterly destructive, deliberately, Adults are being towards so many of these and then refusing to acknowledge the outcome. And as, as usual with the left, the disaster that they create, they blame on people who note that they are the ones creating the disaster. Glenn Beck's coming up next. I will talk to you tomorrow. I'm Nick Reed.